going here? Oh, there we go. Ah, there we go. The magic of the unmute button. Glad to have uh, everyone here. Want to welcome Christian Fellowship Church. How many of you have been missing? Amen. Amen. Glad to see a few of you guys back. We're in phase one of reopening. Uh, so we could have uh, people at church just to let that you rec- uh, realize that. But there's social distancing protocols that we still have to follow. So, um, again, we got plenty of room. We could have had uh, more people here today. But we, uh, again, please, if you have uh, health issues and things like that, please, uh, you know, uh, we, do, we say do this at your own uh, when you feel safe about coming back. All right. So, again, I just want to remind everyone about phase one. Uh, throughout phase one, which goes through next Sunday, is also in phase one. Then they'll decide if we move to phase two. Throughout phase one, we will not have a Wednesday night service. Once we get into phase two, we'll decide then if we'll go to Wednesday night services. Uh, Through phase one, we will not be handing out bulletins or the paper notes that I usually do on Sunday mornings. Uh, I'll explain in a few minutes how you could get those paper notes, how you could get those notes and download them uh, in a few minutes uh, for the service today. Uh, we also, the, vet, the church van will not run, at, we know for sure, at least in the, into phase three, uh, because there's no way he could go from house to house picking people up and putting them in a van, uh, in, in a confined vehicle like that. And also throughout phase one, there will be no nursery. We will have the uh, club 345 and children's church in the back, but there will not be a nursery. There's no way for them to keep those babies and things apart. Uh, so we just want to uh, remind people of that. So again, just want to welcome everyone. Uh, every, if you're watching right now, you're probably watching on Facebook. Uh, we just want to remind everyone if we'd uh, put the Facebook emblem up there just to remind everyone. Please go to Christian Fellowship Church on Facebook. Uh, sign up. We do keep up to date uh, things going on there, all uh, announcements and messages going on with this uh, coronavirus thing. And um, so, so you can find out there. Uh, couple of things is the messages are on there and uh, we, we do have other ways now that you can uh, keep up with the message uh, we do have a church app my wife had uh, been working throughout this time trying to get more ways that people could see uh, services and, and stay in touch with the church there is a church app that if you go on the f- church Facebook page or website you'll see this logo and uh, go with your cell phone and download that church app it'll automatically connect you to our church um, and it'll be a little purple background with a, a white cross. And you can watch all the videos on there. You could give on that app. Also, uh, things like that. And also, we do have a YouTube uh, uh, channel now. Uh, you do need to look, go on YouTube and look up Christian Fellowship Church, comma, Pastor Scott Sheremy. That'll bring you to our church YouTube page. Um, I didn't want to make it that long, but there's 50 million Christian Fellowship Church videos, things when you put it up there. So this will kind of get you to our, our site. And you could watch those videos on YouTube for those that don't do Facebook. Uh, the only thing, YouTube will not be live. It'll be uh, posted later that day. We could only stream to one source uh, live at a time, and we, we do that on Facebook. So that's about all those announcements there. Uh, those of you that have uh, kids that aren't able to make it to church right now, a new generation will uh, stream their uh, service this morning tonight at 7 o'clock on the church web, uh, uh, church pages and their page. So you could watch uh, 
get, grab the kids. It'll be 7 o'clock tonight. They're moving. They were doing it at 1 in the afternoon, but now they're uh, going to start at 7. So I uh, want to remind everybody about that. I uh, just want to wish everyone a happy birthday. If you have a birthday today, just raise your hand. We just want a birthday today throughout this week. Raise your hand. Anyone? No birthdays? Okay. If, if you have a birthday, you're watching online, just write down by your name, uh, post, uh, shoot us a message saying birthday so we can tell you happy birthday. Anyone having an anniversary between now and next Sunday? No one here? If, if you are watching online, uh, go ahead and write anniversary near your name. and You, you can tell I'm old school, write your name, right? You got to type your name in there. Type anniversary in there. Uh, so as we get ready to start today, we're going to ha have our tithe and offering. We're, we're going to do it a little different uh, than you all been used to. Uh, if you have your tithe and offering, if you're watching online, we just want to let you know you could still give. You could go to the church website, which is uh, welcometocfc.com, and you could give online through there. Again, through that church app, you can, or you could actually mail it to Post Office Box 1427, La Rose, Louisiana, 70. 373. Uh, please do not send it to the physical address. You need to send it to this uh, post office address. Uh, you can also drop it off. This says Monday, but tomorrow is Memorial Day, so the office will be closed tomorrow. It will be open Tuesday instead of Monday uh, from 9 to 2. Still in phase one, the office is just going to be open uh, Mondays from 9 to 2. Uh, you'll see me out in the yard working throughout the weekend, so if you want to, you see me there, you can stop and drop off. Uh, your tithe is an offering there. So if you have your tithe and offerings, uh, we just want to get ready and uh, read scripture this week. Matthew 6:25 says this through 30. It says, "Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about or about your body." Boy, I like that. So I, I was just thinking about you know I need to get in shape. Uh, I don't have to worry about my body right now. <laughs> You see, we could take and twist scripture all we want, you know, to make it fit what we want. <laughs> Amen. He says, are your body, uh, he says, what, or what you will wear, is life not more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in borns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of little faith? Amen. So if everyone here would stand up and just hold your offering in your right hand, and repeat after me today. Say, as I give in today's offering, as I, give in today's offering I, resist I resist all the thoughts and feelings of anxiety, worry, or fear. I confess that I am a child of God. God knows me God knows and loves me. God knows my smallest needs and my largest needs. God is faithful to watch over me like he watches over the birds of the air and the lilies of the field. I joyfully give today with faith and not with fear. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Now what we're going to do right now is we're going to ask 
that this first section, uh, when she starts uh, playing, you could come up around and just drop your offering in this basket here, then just make your way down that side aisle and come back. Go ahead. Once uh, this side's done, I'll say this group come around, make your way back, then this group, then this group, okay? So if you would, uh, let's go ahead and let's get this group. You can start coming bring your offering. If you need a prayer, come up. We have some right here. of the Lord. How many of you are glad when you woke up this morning and said, realized, you know, I could go to church today to be and see my old friends. Amen. It's good to see a bunch of you here today, those that are here. Again, we still have room, uh, those of you that are concerned of how many people we could fit. Uh, we don't have a specific number because I, was, I, I try to explain to people that if a family of five come in together, they could sit on 10 feet of pew. But if six individuals come in, they need six feet each. So three people could take up to 18 feet of pew, where five people could take up 10 feet. So there's not a specific number, but we got plenty of room left right now. Amen. We have every other pew uh, taped off. I just want to let you know, Brother Mark Culpepper told me that it's not taped off because there, is a, there was a crime there. But if you sit there, it will be a crime, and he's coming after you. So we want to keep our social distancing, amen. So let's just have our call to worship this month. It's in First Chronicles chapter 16, verses 27 through 30. It says this, Glory and majesty surround him. Power and joy fill his temple. Praise the Lord, all the people on the earth. Praise his glory and might. Praise the Lord's glorious name. Bring an offering and come into his temple. Bow down before the Holy One when he appears tremble before him all the earth father we just come to you right now and we humble ourselves in worship to you right now father god we surrender our lives to you invite your presence in this place father we ask that your presence be in each and everyone's homes that's watching online this morning father god 
Father, we just pray that every blind eye would be open this morning, every deaf ear would be able to hear this morning, every mind would be able to comprehend your word this morning, Father God. Overflow in this place today. In Jesus' name we pray, and everyone says amen. Let's put our hands together and worship the Lord.
Father, we just surrender to you this morning. Just raise your hands and release all that fear you might have inside of you. place it at the altar this morning. All of your anxiety, just place it at the altar this morning. Just begin to worship the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Father, we just worship you this morning. We just worship you this morning. Worship you, Jesus. Father, we receive your peace, Lord. That supernatural peace, Father, that only you can give. Praise you, Jesus. We worship you. Father, we know that we rest in the palm of your hand, Father. Father, that we are your children, and we rest in the palm of your hand, Lord. Those of you listening online, just stop whatever you're doing and just begin to worship God. Just begin to worship from where you're at. Let it be a chain reaction among the children of God. That the praises of God's people would just begin to rise up all over this nation. And begin to store the yoke of fear over our nation. As we begin to praise, as we begin to praise, the Spirit of God begins to flow and the glory of God begins to fall on this nation. And the lies of the enemy begin to be destroyed. And the walls that he has built up in our nation begin to fall in response to the praises of God's people. We shall believe the truth of the Lord over the lies of the enemy. Begin to praise Him louder and louder and louder. We praise You, God. Father, you are greater than anything that we see before us. We are greater than anything that we see before us, Lord. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. 
For your mercy never fails me All my days I've been held in your hands From the moment that I wake up Till I lay my head I will sing of the goodness
Sing there is 
It's like sitting in the S-O-N sunshine and soaking it up. Amen. Amen. We just love God's presence here that we feel each and every week. And amen. We pray that His presence is at your home right now as you're watching. So, Father, we just come to you right now, Father, as we get ready to study your word this morning. Father, I just pray that every blind eye would be open to the truth of the gospel, Father God. I pray that every deaf ear be open to hear the truth of your gospel, Father God. I pray that every mind would be able to comprehend the truth of your gospel this morning, Father. And most of all, every heart would be softened to receive your word this morning. In Jesus' mighty and precious name, and everyone shouts, Amen. Come on, you guys at home, shout amen. Amen, 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 amen. Let's give these musicians a hand clap of praise. Amen. They did a great job. I want to go ahead and dismiss the children, three, four, and five, to their class right now. Uh, as they're turning on the lights, I just want to remind you, if you need a prayer cloth, uh, we usually have them in the basket here, but I, I laid them out along the stage here, so after service you could come get, get you one there. It's in the little folder explaining exactly what that is. Um, again, just want to uh, not, not remind you, because I, when I got down, I remembered I forgot to tell you this morning that if you want the paper notes for today, and I'll give you this time now, you could actually go to Facebook right now, uh, Christian Fellowship Church Facebook. On, uh, I think it's going to be pinned to the top of the page. There's actually the notes that we're going to be giving today. Uh, those of you watching at home right now online, what you could do is actually open another window in your browser, go to Facebook again, that second window, pull up those notes, and you will have them right there. The uh, reason we're not handing out notes is because they're uh, asking us not to, again, bulletins, notes, is so many people handling those things. And we want to, uh, you know, honor and do what, what the authorities say, but we're here to worship God and and I do want to give a shout out. There's two people I want to give a shout out to besides the Lord. And, and I'm going to cover both sides. I want to thank our Democratic governor who's allowing church worship in phase one. Many states are not. And I thank him for that. I want to honor and thank our Republican president who yesterday told other states that houses of worship need to be open. Uh, you know, it's sad to say uh, Many states are not allowing churches to get together. And that's what the president said, that those states are saying that abortion clinics could be open. They're essential. And the liquor stores could be open. That's essential, but they cannot go to church. Right? That, where, where do you think you're going to find the most responsible people? Drunk in a liquor store or, or in church? You know, we, we could do these things too. We could so, safe socially distance. So, uh, like I said, I just want to thank both the president and governor of uh, Louisiana uh, for allowing us to have worship. Amen. Amen. Again, uh, they've never said you cannot worship. I know a lot of people got upset in the beginning. And it's not that they were telling us we cannot worship God. It, we ought to understand that was to protect people's lives and things like that. Never will they be able to tell us we cannot worship God. That's when you make that stand, you know. But we, we went along with the guidelines and hopefully lives are saved. We'll never know how many lives are saved through, through these steps. Amen. So uh, again, uh, if you have your notes, you could get, get them ready. I'll give you a few more minutes to get on Facebook and, and get those notes out. Uh, I just want to say yesterday I heard 
on the news that the average American has gained five pounds through this crisis. The average American gained five pounds through this. But can I tell you, I am not average. I'm an overachiever. I've gained at least seven or eight pounds. Amen. <laughs> Nothing average about me. I'm an overachiever. Amen. Amen. So if you would, uh, I'd say get your notes out. We're going to get started this morning. Amen. What we're going to be talking about this message this morning is being a stranger in a strange land. And I was thinking about that title. That almost sounds like one of those old, uh, uh, what would you call the, the uh, Alfred Hitchcock movies or the uh, Twilight Zone thing, A Stranger in a Strange Land. It would make a, a good movie. But if you have your notes, you could uh, uh, have your notes, have your Bibles, you could open the Second Corinthians 5.19. And uh, we're going to begin there. Those of you that have Facebook, you, you turn to those notes. Um, Again, uh, those notes will be posted throughout phase one on the Saturday. So on Saturdays, go to the church Facebook and get your notes for Sunday morning. Um, so I just want to talk about strangers in the strange land. And what we're going to be talking about is purpose today. One of the things we're going to be talking about is your purpose. How many of you know that many people struggle with purpose in life? Right? Why am I here? What, what, what on earth am I here for? And God tells us our purpose, our number one purpose is stated in uh, 2 Corinthians 5, chapter 19 through 20. And again, uh, uh, this is kind of a spinoff uh, from last week's message. But notice what it says this, verse 19, that God was reconciling, bringing back to him, okay, the world to himself. How? In Christ. Okay, that God was bringing back, making, mending that relationship, the world to himself in Christ. Now, last week, if you watched or you were here, we understood uh, uh, my message was uh, hope overflowing. And I talked about that, that the verse that we used, it says that, that there is uh, faith, hope, and love. And hope was sa is sandwiched right in the middle of faith and love. And I said that that faith is faith in our, Lord in our Lord Jesus Christ, faith in God who sent his son to die for us, and on the other side of love, that God loved us so much, and Jesus' love for us and our love for him, and that our hope lies in that and that alone. That you do not get to heaven because of what you do. You only get to heaven because of what Christ did. Amen? And as I mentioned last week, you know, uh, several verses of scripture that talks about that. And one of them that, that really sticks out is when Jesus says, not everyone who calls me Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. And then Jesus goes on to say, they will say to me uh, on that day, Lord, didn't we do cast out demons? Didn't we do all these things? And I told you last week that if you begin to see that Jesus ends up telling them what? away from me, I never knew you. Because what happened? They're coming to tell Jesus, this is my list of qualifications why I should be in the kingdom. Jesus says, I never knew you. They, oh yeah, but well, hey, you got to let us in because we. Now, the things they've done are great and we should do all those things, but those things in themselves does not qualify you for the kingdom of God. The most righteous of man is a, is a filthy rag in the eyes of God. The best you could be 
is a filthy rag compared to God and His holiness and who He is. So nothing I can do, and that's what I talked about. I love the, that line in that first song they saying, I don't want to abuse your grace. Yeah, there's two ways you could abuse God's grace, and one of those things, ways you could abuse God's grace is thinking you don't need it anymore. See, the Bible says His mercies are new every day. Why does He have mercy on you new, new every day? It's because we still fall short every day. In our natural walk, we still all fall short of the glory of God. It, there is no, we just don't realize how holy uh, and all His aspect is and how s- sinful we are. And the, like the prophet that, that had said when the presence of God came up on him, he says, Oh, me of unclean lips, of an unclean people. You know, before, before the presence of the Lord showed up, he, he was, you know, proclaiming the Word of God, doing great things. But once he realized the presence of God, it was, we are more filthy than I even thought, than I ever dreamed of. So we need to understand that God reconciled, reconciled us through Christ on the cross. It's nothing we do. Now, the other way to abuse grace is taking what Christ did for us and thinking your life's your own and you could do whatever you want and God don't care. That, oh, well, I can't earn my way to heaven, so I might as well live as the devil. No. See, we are to walk and live by the Spirit, being led by the Spirit, God's Spirit, not, not the evil one, not our own desires. You know, so a lot of people struggle they're on one side of that pendulum or, or the other, and we need to be in the middle, realizing that I need to do, and God wants me to do, many things in this way. There's a purpose for me here. That's why Ephesians uh, 2.10 says that we are created in Christ Jesus, we are born again through Christ, to do good works. You hear me? That God has prepared for us to do. So God has a work and a plan for you to do in your life and for you to abuse his grace would say i don't care about your plan i just want i want the blood of your son to cleanse me and wash me but i still want to do what i want to do that's another abuse of his grace his grace is grace is simply giving us what we don't deserve none of us i don't care how good you are you still don't deserve the grace of god but he gives it to us anyway amen so Let's, let's go on from here. It says uh, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. Now notice, he says, I saved you, and now I'm charging you with the message of salvation to other people. The message of reconciliation. Just think, those of you that are saved, what if no one ever told you about salvation? What if once they got saved, what, you know, again, what if I just got, when I got saved, then I would say, I don't care about anybody else. I'm saved now. You know, I don't know who's got saved under this church ministry throughout branches or whatever, but what if that person who led you to the Lord would have decided that, never mind. I'm not wasting my time. You see, we're going to have to give an account to God, okay? We've we got to realize it's not that 
our abilities that we're saved. We don't want to abuse grace in that way, thinking we're better than we are, where we deserve it. You know, and then still that, those things, you know, oh, well, I needed God's grace when I got saved, but I've been saved 20 years. I don't need that no more. I've somehow accomplished that. You see, that's the ones that are going to say, oh, didn't we? Let me tell you my qualifications. And Jesus says, I never knew you. You see, it wasn't about me. It wasn't about that you relied on my grace. You were relying on your works. So he says he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. And I believe God knows, he knows everything, that God knows how many people will come to the Lord by watching your life. And if you decided to live your life the way you wanted to instead of the way he wants you to, you're going to give an account to God for why you did not do the things that he has planned for you, the good works that God has planned for you. It says, uh, verse 20, we, that we are therefore Christ ambassadors. An ambassador, we all know if you listen to politics and different world things, and an ambassador is someone from another country, another nation that is in your nation that represents the other nation. So we are, we are Christ ambassadors. In other words, he's saying you're a child of God. You are in the world, but you are not of the world anymore. But I have you here to represent Christ. And can I tell you, more people are turned away from Christ because of the way Christians live. Right? Why do you think we're called hypocrites? You think people just make it up? No, it's because they hear people talking one thing but living a totally different way. Now the world's full of hypocrites. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong with that. You know, as I say, you know, somebody says, I don't want to go to church because there's a bunch of hypocrites there. Well, quick, go on to Walmart. There's a bunch of hypocrites there. All right? I don't want to go to church because of all the hypocrites. Well, don't go to the Saints game. There's a bunch of hypocrites there. It's funny how we just start to walk out of church but not everywhere else. We all care around hypocrites somewhere else, but not here. So we are Christ's ambassadors. We represent him as though, we were, as though God was making his appeal, how? Through us. That's an awesome responsibility he's placed on our life. I always say, you know, if I was planning God's thing for him, I would have said, well, let's reach people by having the sky open up and we'll have this big worship team in, floating in the air, these things, and Jesus is going to come preach a good message, and people are going to get saved. What? Wouldn't that freak people out if that would happen? Or is it just me thinking that? I, I think it would. But God did not choose to do it that way. God chose you to share the gospel. God chose you to live a life that would lead people to him. And he says this, we implore you on Christ's behalf. In other words, he's saying, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Because of Christ, be reconciled to God, being saved. He says, God made him, Christ, who had no sin, be sin for us. So that how? In him, we might become the righteousness of God. So how do you become righteous? By your works, by your act? No, in Christ and only in Christ. So I like to say it as, you know, when Christ was on that cross, God put all my sin upon him. He put all your sin upon Christ. And 
God then took his righteousness and placed it on each one of us. It's not that we done every, anything, it's what he did. And all we do is receive the gift of salvation. Amen. <coughs> so let's go to uh, 1 Peter 2, 11 through 5, which is um, uh, where we, we uh, have this strangers in the strange land. He says, dear friends, I urge you. Listen, listen to how he says this. I urge you. And other, other translation says, I plead with you. I beg with you. I beseech you. In other words, he's begging because people aren't doing things. He says, I beseech you as foreigners. You're a foreigner here. You're a child of God now. As foreigners and exiles to do what? To abstain from sinful desires. He's telling you now that you're a child of God and you're in this world, but you're not of this world, you need to abstain from all the sinful things that are going on in this world. You are of this world. You are in this world, but you're not of this world. You're a child of God. You no longer belong. You should not be doing that. When you've went from, from debt to life, there should be a difference in a body that's dead and a body that's alive. There should be a distinct difference. He says, uh, to abstain from sinful desires which wage war against what? Your soul. Now, what is your soul? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. These things, what happens is so many times life is such turmoil because sin we allow in our life. It wages war against the mind, will, and uh, emotions. And then verse 12, he says, again, he's begging these believers. He says, live such, what kind of lives? Good lives among the pagans. Pagans are the lost. Though, and notice this, though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us for when he comes back. He says, although they accuse you of doing wrong, how many, can I tell you most people if they know you're a christian they're just watching waiting for you to do something wrong because that's what they want to throw in your face can i tell you that what people are looking for you could you'll find what you're looking for that's what i always like to say you will find what you're looking for even though it doesn't exist if you're set on finding something wrong you can find it even though it doesn't exist did not they find Jesus guilty, but yet he was innocent? They were looking for guilt, looking for something to charge him with. And they, they came up with all kind of mess. They, they even tried to plan and make it happen, you know. And they found, they thought he was a sinner, but yet there wasn't no sin. Why? Because they were looking at him and trying to find fault in him. And they found fault, although it didn't exist. In their minds, it didn't. What verse am I on here? 12. It says, Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, that they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Then notice what it says here in verse 13. Submit yourselves. What are we submitting? Our will. Okay, our desires. Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Now, I've been talking about this, mentioning and using different scriptures 
uh, in, uh, I think it's in Romans that we talked about, that God, that every governing authority on earth is in, under, is there because God has instituted them. Okay? We, just like parents are there in the institution, I kind of talked about this on Mother's Day, that, that says to honor your father and mother, and it's talking about the position, the office that they hold in your life. And when I rebel against a parent, when I rebel against a mother, against a father, you're rebelling against an office stated above you. And so you're not just rebelling against them, you're rebelling against what God instituted. So that's, that's God's aha moment for you. If you're rebelling against those in authority over you, you're not just rebelling against them, you're rebelling against him. Because you're not, you could justify your reasons all you want. But you rebelling, that, that's what the scripture we used the other day said. So again, it says, submit those uh, yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority. Now, again, understanding this does not mean in sin. Okay, it means in the, in the regular laws, it's talking about the speed limit. You remember when the speed limit in Golden Meadow was 30? Nobody, well, it still is, I think, on the Highway 1. Everybody hated it. But it doesn't matter. That's what you were supposed to obey. Right? Whether you agreed with it or not, it was for safety and different things or whatever it is. You, there's lots of things we may not agree with, but it's there for a purpose. Okay? Again, uh, with, with the shutdown, it wasn't that they were telling us you cannot worship God. That's a whole different story than what they were telling us. We were just not to meet so it would save lives of things. They didn't say you can't worship on, online. They didn't say you couldn't. You know, we were allowed to have 10 people and still have worship service where you could watch online. That is totally different than them saying you can't worship God, that you have to worship another God. Uh, remember, okay? Daniel in the lines then. Why he went to the lines then? Because he, they told him he couldn't worship God. All right, that's why he went. That's why God took him through it. That's why he didn't listen to them because they were saying, no, don't worship God. And then again, let's go. Submit yourself for the Lord's sake to every human authority, whether the emperor or supreme authority or to governors. Okay, so who are sent by him. Who's the him? God. They are sent by him to, to keep order in this world. Without order, there is chaos. Right? How many of you are happy that the law says, and there's cops out there that's going to stop someone from drinking a fifth of whiskey, getting on the highway, driving 900 miles an hour up and down 308? Now, a person still could get, do it, but there's laws against it, and they will try and stop it. It's to keep order, to save lives. It's not just a, a ridiculous thing, no reason. Okay, it says... Um, Verse 14, to governors who uh, are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. God is a God of order, not a God, a God of chaos. Chaos is from the enemy. There's no order. He says, for it is God's will that by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. You see, by your life, by the way we live our life, we'll silence those people. You know, uh, I always think about uh, when someone says, you know what, I'm about to give them a piece of my mind. What that means? They're about to go off. 
they're about to lose control. It's like uh, if you got a water heater, there's a pop-off valve. Okay, that if the heat gets too hot, it'll, instead of it exploding, it'll allow pressure to get out. And we as uh, human beings need to have that pop-up valve ready, and it's called praise. That instead of exploding, we need to praise. Say that word praise. Praise. Put your hand in front of your mouth and say praise. You feel the pressure coming out? We need to praise. Let some of that pressure get out. Because can I tell you, some of us have given too many pieces of our mind away and we don't have enough left. We, we got to... Yeah, we got to quit giving our mind, giving people a piece of our minds. We need it ourselves. Amen. So notice what it says in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verse 5. He says, in your relationships with one another. So it's, it's talking about relationships throughout people you have on the, in this world. He says, uh, have the same mindset as who? Christ. As Christ Jesus. We must, in other words, we must have the mind of Christ. Okay? We need to put it this way. We need to lose our mind and get the mind of Christ. Because our mind is all jacked up and messed up and all these things. And, things, and, that's, and that we, we, that's what we wanted to give a, people a piece of. Our mind. So we got to understand the mind. This, you remember... Uh, Earlier I said, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires because it wages against the war. It wages war against your soul, which is part of it. It's your mind. No, we need to understand that the mind is the battleground where battles take place in our life. Your thought life controls your life. I could have thoughts of happiness and peace or I could have thoughts of anxiety and worry. And whatever I'm thinking on is going to control my life. I, could, I, I love to say I could pray or panic, I could worry or I could worship. And you make that choice. But the battleground is for that. The, the Bible says we wage not against uh, war, not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities. Where it, things come in our mind, either from ourselves or from uh, uh, demonic forces and things, that want us, brings conflict in our mind. That's the battleground that's going on. It's always what you're thinking. It controls your mood, your attitude, what you're on. And sometimes it's like younger people won't know, but uh, people who were there when we, we, they used to have records instead of everything's digital now. You remember when sometimes you'd get a scratch on a record and it would just stay there click, click, and just repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat? Sometimes those negative thoughts put a scratch on our record up here. And it just wants to replay, 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 replay. And it brings anxiety, panic, and fear. That, that battleground. So this is what I want you to understand. If you, you look at 2 Corinthians 10.5, it says this. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought. Another, why would you take something captive? It's because you know they, he does not want you to let it run wild. You have to bring it under control, bring it under submission. Take captive every thought and make it obedient 
to Christ. And what it is talking about here is making it obedient, having the mind of, of Christ. Okay, and so, so that beginning says, we demolish arguments and every pretension that rises itself up against the knowledge of God. How many of you know that sometimes people will bring you arguments that you almost don't have an answer for? You know, they'll say, well, if God's so loving and God's so good, how come he allows this to happen? How come little children suffer in the world? How come all this? And all I could say is, I don't know why he does, but I do know he saved the wretch like me. And that's what you could tell him. I don't know why all these other things are going on. I don't know. It's part of the world. It's not God's will that that does happen. He doesn't want it to happen. It's basically because man's got free will and man's doing it. But I do know he loves enough that he would save a wretch like me. So we are to take every uh, thought captive and make it obedient to Christ. Why does it say we need to make it obedient to Christ? Because not every thought is obedient to him. See, we need the mind of Christ. Uh, Matthew, if you'd go ahead and put up that graphic right now. I made. I was thinking about this, and uh, this is a, a tennis court. I was thinking, you know, growing up, uh, that well, nowadays, the video games are so unreal all the technology they have in it. But I remember it was probably in the 70s. Uh, anybody remember it, the first video games that came out? It had two controllers, and all it had was one thing that slid up and down. And, and you'd have, it was, they had ping pong, tennis, and all it was was two little lines that slid up, and they had a ball that bounced back and forth. And boy, we were thinking, boy, that's some great technology. You know, wow, look at all this stuff they're going. And I was thinking about this. This is how we live today, like that game. Our mind is that little tennis ball that is bouncing back from the mind of Christ to the mind of the world. And back and forth. And as we're going through things, when, when I say, when someone says, I want to give you a piece of my mind, guess where their mind's at? Over here. Because what they're giving you is not any of this. So as situations in life change, God, we, we should have the mind of Christ through all things. Now, these don't match up necessarily with the other side, and there's so many more things on both sides I could have put. But the mind of Christ is having faith, is dealing with love, is dealing with unity, right? Christ came to bring us back to God. The enemy came to... Uh, Steal, kill, destroy, destroy the relationship with God, right? But Jesus came to bring us back. There's unity in, the, in uh, Christ. Uh, blessings. The mind of Christ is blessings. Do you know, <clears throat> I was thinking about this. A lot of times people in their self-righteous state doesn't think God wants to bless his children. But I think everybody in here that has a child would want to bless them, wants good for them, doesn't want to hurt, hurt them. And your love for your child doesn't compare to the love that God has for you as a child of God. And I think about that, you know, in their self-righteous thing is, oh, you know, the gospel of prosperity, which can be overboard on the other side. But let me tell you this. The very first miracle Jesus done and the very last miracle Jesus done, you know what that has in common? They were miracles of abundance. 
His very first and very last miracle were miracles of abundance. First miracle was at the wedding in Cana where he took, made so much wine, uh, I forget how many gallons uh, of things. It was abundance, more than they needed. Last miracle he did was when the disciples went back fishing after Jesus had died and what he did with their nets, overflowed their nets. His first, he started off with abundance and he ended miracles with abundance. God is not a God of just enough. God is a God of abundance. But he doesn't want the abundance to be your God. That's the thing. Because the abundance, sometimes the prosperity, and the, that's what people are seeking, not him. Okay? But God does want to bless you when he's first in your life. So uh, blessing, uh, healing, peace, and joy is the mind of Christ. Now the mind of the world is fear, worry, strife, anger, division, failure, and lack. Right? That Satan came to steal, to kill, and destroy Jesus came so I might have a life and a life to the full. So our life right now, as we go, our, our little brain is that tennis ball, our thoughts bouncing back and forth. And we need to keep the ball in this court. Let, let's look at, uh, this isn't in your notes, I added it. Romans 12, 2 says this, so... Uh, it says, do not conform any longer, uh, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed, be changed, okay? Because the way it is now is not right. It says, be changed, transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Be trans- you will be changed by the renewing of your mind. So put that graphic back up there. So this is our lost state. And he says, be transformed, you will be changed by the renewing of your mind when you could start to live with the mind of Christ instead of the mind of the world. Don't conform any longer to this pattern. But how many of you know we still worry? We still allow fear in our life. You see, and we got to hit that ball back into the other court. You might want to slap yourself on the head and say, get over there, brain. Get over there. We need to think on these things. Amen. So I want to talk about what the mind of Christ is. What the mind of Christ is. <clears throat> Again, I'm just going to touch on three things here. Uh, if you have your Bible, you could turn to Philippians chapter 4. That's where we're going to read most of the scriptures from today. Well, it's already almost 11 o'clock. What happened here? Somebody speeding up that clock on me? Amen. Notice this. The mind of Christ, number one, is the mind of unity. Okay, the mind of Christ is, is the mind of unity. Uh, I'm, I'm like waiting for you to fill out your blanks, but you don't have papers right now. So, uh, mind of unity. How many of you know Matthew 12, 25, Jesus says this. Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself, not some, every kingdom will be ruined every city or household divided against itself will not stand back to the garden what did satan come to do bring division between god and man see the thinking of the world brings division god says he wants to bring unity 
the mind of Christ is bringing unity. Look what Philippians 4, 1 and 3 says this. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I, uh, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, he says this, stand firm. Okay, and I need you to understand, every time you see that stand firm, he, he's telling you that for a reason, because standing firm means that you're not shaken, that you're not moved, because you can be. When you think you got it all together, that's what the Bible tells us, don't think you're more highly than you ought to of yourself. It says, don't think that you got it all together and you're beyond falling, because pride comes before the fall. And he says this, therefore, uh, verse 2, he says, now notice this, he says, I plead with Judea and I plead with Sinchik, uh to be the same mind in the Lord. Now we're going to see as we read, I wish it would have said Clotilde and Marie. It would have been more easier to read those names. But then I decided to look up those names and see what they meant. Now these two ladies helped Paul throughout his journey, but something happened that they did not have the same mind of Christ. You see, when we get into arguments with people, it's not because Christ's mind in this one and Christ's mind in here are conflicting. No, Christ will always have the same mind. It'll always be that. What happens is people begin to inject their wants, their desires in things, and it brings conflict. So, the, the uh, name uh, Yodidia, whatever, means prosperous journey. And the other name meaning, meant pleasant acquaintance. But how many of you know that's the furthest thing they were living on? They were not fulfilling their names that were given to them because they let something come between them. Disunity. And again, it was was people that were following Paul. He says that they'd have the same mind in the Lord. In other words, he's telling something went off. They're, they're off track. They're not thinking with the mind of Christ right now. They're thinking with their own thoughts. And it's bringing this unity. Verse 3 says, Yes, I ask you, my true companion, help these women, since they have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of the co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Somehow the enemy has came and got them off track. That they're no longer having the minds of Christ. Their, their minds have bounced back into the ways of the world, the, the mind of the world. Secondly, is there is a, it's a mind of peace. So the first thing, uh, the mind of Christ is a mind of unity. The second thing is a, a mind of peace. Now, a mind of peace is, is really kind of uh, saying a mind free from worry or free from fear, right? When you're worrying and you have fear, you have no peace. When you have peace, you don't have worry and fear. And how many of you know that the mind of Christ is the mind of peace? Worry and fear is the fear of the world, uh, uh, the mind of the world. Now notice what he goes on to say here. We'll jump to verse 4. It says, Rejoice in the Lord when things are going good. No. Rejoice in the Lord in the good, the bad, the ugly. How can I rejoice if I don't have peace? Right? You don't rejoice in worry and fear. It, worry and fear keeps you from rejoicing. 
He says, I say it again because you need to hear it again. He said, they got a bunch of tattoos out there. They don't, those watching online from other places, they don't know what we said. It, look that up in the Greek and Hebrew. Tedu. <laughs> means a hard head. <laughs> he says, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Then notice what he goes on to say. Do not be anxious, worried, fear about anything. But in every situation, now notice this, by prayer and petition, in everything. In other words, those things that would want to bring worry and fear and panic in your life, instead of worrying, fear, and panicking, begin to pray about them. Because what prayer does, prayer transforms panic, worry, and fear into peace. It says, don't be anxious about everything. Uh, anything but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving which is and bringing praise present your request to God and watch what happens it transforms that worrying and being anxious it says and then the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus it transcends all understanding it transcends what we see and what we could even call facts, what we see, the facts of life. Many people got laid off and many people, all these things, but why I need to put my trust in God? And even though this situation exists, God is bigger than the situation. Prayer transforms thoughts of worry into worship and prayer transforms thoughts of fear into peace. But you're not going to have that peace of God unless you bring it to God. So when you begin worrying and having fear, in other words, God's saying you need to start praying more. You need to dilute that fear and worry with prayer. Right? You need to dilute it. The more, you pr- the more prayer you put into it, the more diluted it is and the fear and worry is not going to taste as good. It's going to disappear. You won't even notice it anymore. I'm not saying it's an easy thing, okay? You know, sometimes we share the Word of God and people think, oh, well, well, it's not that easy. No, it's not. That's why he says, I say it again. We have to keep on. You have to keep on keeping on. I remember a picture my daughter drew me from uh, Finding Nemo. Is is the little dory fish or the other one. And I love the way she was just say, just keep swimming, just keep swimming, keep on swimming. How it goes, Megan? I forgot. <laughs> just keep swimming. You never give up. Just keep swimming. Amen. Trust in God. So the third thing uh, that we're going to talk about today is a mind of Christ is a mind of truth. The mind of Christ is the mind of truth. And we'll go to verse 8. It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, the word of God is truth. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one comes to the Father except through me. Not by what they do, not by all these things. That it's only through Jesus Christ, but he is the truth. He says, whatever is true, whatever is noble. And he's beginning to tell you, these are the things you need to think about. The things that are true, what is noble, what is right, what is pure, whatever is lovely, what is admirable, 
anything that is excellent or praiseworthy to think about such things. Quit thinking about those other things and start thinking about these things. Whether you have, he says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, what does it say? Put it into practice and the God of peace will be with you. But you have to put it in the practice. How many of you know, we all know how to diet. We all know how to exercise. But knowing how to do it and doing it are two totally different things. You can read every diet book, every exercise book, and it's not gonna, it'll fill you full of knowledge. It's going to be the truth of what you know you need to do. But if you don't begin applying it, it does you no good. And that's what he's saying here. You can know what to do, but unless you do it, it's not going to help you in any way. So again, I want you to understand that truth is greater than fact. Truth is greater than fact. And what I'm saying is, you may get a doctor's report, which is true. We, we don't deny the truth that, goes, that we see in the world, but we are not to walk by sight. We are to walk by faith. Faith in the truth of the Word of God. Let, let me give you a perfect example. In the garden, Eve saw that the tree was good for food. Fact. She saw that the tree was pleasing to the eye. Fact. She's seen that it was good for gaining wisdom. Fact. Truth was it would bring death. All the facts about it that was plain in sight were facts, but it did not override truth. So whatever you're seeing in life and going through in life, remember, just because it's a fact and it exists there doesn't mean it overrides the truth and the promise of God in your life. Let me close with these two. Philippians 4.13 I can do all this through Him who gives me strength. I can do all this. The enemy's trying to tell you you can't. Facts may look like you can't, but truth tells me I can. Through Christ. And lastly, Philippians 4, 19 and 20. says, and my God. <laughs> and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory. Not the riches in Chase Bank. Not the riches in a company you used to work for. Not in anything else. He says, I, I don't care what the facts are saying. I don't care how high the bills are stacked right now. That he says, he will meet all our needs according to his riches of, his, of glory in Christ Jesus. To our God the Father be glory forever and ever and ever. So I want you to, when you, whatever problem you're facing right now, I want you to point at it when you get home and say, you know what? You may be fact, but you are no match for truth. You may be fact, but you are no match for truth. Amen. Let's stand to our feet as we just close in prayer this morning. If you've never 
accepted the Lord as your personal Savior, I want to give you that opportunity here, those watching online. It's just simply receiving what God gave, his love, that grace, mercy and grace on our life. So I want everyone just in here to repeat after me, invite the Lord into their uh, life as their Savior. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you today and I admit that I need your mercy and I need your grace every day of my life. I believe that your son died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sins. And I believe that he rose on the third day and is seated at your right hand side. I invite him to come into my heart to be Lord and Savior of my life from this day forward as I walk in your ways and your will and have the mind of Christ each and every day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you. We love you. Those watching online, remember 7 o'clock tonight, uh, you kids could watch uh, the children's church one in the back. Remember, fact does not override truth. Amen. God bless you. We love you.